Welcome to the podcast for Runaway. I'm the author, Sabine Wilder, here to read my book to you. Let's get started. Chapter 14. Home Sweet Home. It was dark by the time the hornet pulled off the highway, traveling down more isolated roads. Darkness swallowed the car, leaving only a streak of pavement illuminated by the headlights, along with the soft glow of the dash. The rain had stopped and the world was still, holding its breath waiting for something to happen. Anna had been quiet after her fainting spell, content to listen to the others in the car talk amongst themselves. But as darkness fell, even Les and Susan stopped talking, turning to their windows or their thoughts. There wasn't much to look at through the windows. The sky was still cloudy, and trees blocked out what little light might have reached them from the city. If she focused, Anna could make out the branches as they drove by, a new world emerging from the shadows. Anna shook her head, turning away. It was disconcerting, not only how well she could see in the dark, but how much her body enjoyed the lack of light. Les turned off down a side road, and Evie sat up alert. The darkness faded slowly into soft light, illuminating a gate. The iron doors were drawn back, waiting for them to pass. After driving through, the metal clanked shut behind them. Anna didn't see anyone at the gate, but the hairs on the back of her neck standing on end told her otherwise. She could feel the eyes of Fenris agents on them, even though she couldn't spot them through the trees. Lampposts alternating along the edge of the drive kept the path lit with a yellow glow. Then the trees drew away, revealing a stately lawn, leading to a towering, castle-like building made of stone, its spires and roofs reaching toward the sky. Everything was well-lit, dispelling any shadows that might have crept too close. Les veered off down a side lane, pulling around to the side of the building instead of bringing them to the front entrance. A puddle of fluorescent light spilled out from an open garage wedged in the building's foundation. Les parked inside between a disassembled motorcycle and another car covered in a tarp, parked right up against the wall to conserve as much space as possible. The garage was a mess of tools and parts, smelling of grease. Les cut the engine. Welcome home. Not much has changed. Evie opened her door. Jesse still hasn't cleaned up his mess. The name rung a bell in Anna's heart, but before she could ask, Vince stepped out from a door leading inside the building. Amusement crossed his face as he glanced between Evie and Les. You let him drive? Don't rub it in. Evie slammed the door behind her. Yeah, she's pretty short in the temper department today. Les got out and moved around to the back of the car, opening the trunk and emptying its contents onto the garage floor as Susan and Anna got out of the back seat. Trouble along the way? Vince asked. No, Evie straightened. Just a long trip and we're tired is all. Vince raised an eyebrow. Very well. I've come to collect the girls and show them to their dorm. Evie's shoulders slumped. You're going to separate us? What did you think, sis? We were all going to gather around the fire in your closet and cuddle? It's a study, and it's not that small. Evie raised a hand to her temple, digging her fingers hard into her skull. I don't know what I thought, but I don't like being separated right now. We'll be fine, Susan radiated a confidence Anna didn't feel. Everything is arranged, including the security, Vince reassured her. If you like, we can look into alternate arrangements in the morning, but I think the girls will be quite comfortable where I've set them up. Evie sighed and nodded her assent, too tired to argue. 
Excellent. Girls, if you would follow me. Vince held the door open for them. Anna grabbed her bags from the garage floor, her heart jumping into her throat. We'll see you for breakfast in the morning, Les patted her shoulder, waving them toward the door. Bright and early. Anna cringed at the word bright, but managed to wave goodnight to Les. She raised her hand to wave goodnight to Evie, but faltered, tripping over the steps out of the garage. Good night, she squeaked out before running to catch up with Vince and Susan. Vince led them through a series of halls, winding their way through the building. The walls were covered with wood panels, and the doors decorated with ornate carved posts. Light from wall sconces wove upward, giving the halls a warm glow. It was beautiful, smelling of rich wood. Vince's shoes clacked along the floor, and the echoes disappeared through the maze of halls. Voices whispered from behind closed doors, making the building feel alive and full of secrets. Vince brought them to a door that led outside to a covered walkway. Gargoyles leered from their perches on stone pillars, holding up the roof or carrying lanterns in their teeth. Anna wanted to stop and examine them, but Susan had already run down the walkway to the other door to escape the winter chill. Once in the warmth of the new building, Vince addressed them in a quiet voice. "'Welcome to Faulkner House. This is one of our oldest dorms, but I think you'll find it quite pleasant.' Obviously, you're not the only ones in residence, so we ask you to be courteous and think of our other students while you're here. Keep noise to a minimum and things should be fine. They made their way up the stairs to the third floor, right down to the last door at the end of the hall. Vince took a key from his pocket and let them inside. Wow, they don't make them like they used to. Susan marveled at the spacious room. I think the closet in here is bigger than most university dorm rooms. The room was long a sloped ceiling revealing the roof line, with a single dormer window dividing the room in half. Each side had its own bed, desk, dresser, and, as Susan had noted, closet. Dark wood paneling ran around the lower half of the walls, contrasting with the light gray plaster of the upper half. Anna felt suddenly small standing in the room, clutching her bags. The room was cold and empty. I'm glad you like it, Vince handed a key to each girl. The bathroom is down the hall, and if you need anything, knock on the door across from you. Fenris agents will be stationed there at all times. Anna didn't like the idea of going to strangers for help. Where's Evie and Les? They have their own quarters in the main building. If you're uncomfortable here, we can work out new arrangements tomorrow. No way, this is so cool. Susan dumped her bags at the foot of a bed, flopping backwards onto the mattress. We're good for now. Thanks, Vince. All right. I'll be by to pick you up tomorrow morning. Have a good night. After Vince's footsteps faded away down the hall, Susan perked up. Isn't this awesome? Yeah. Great. Anna couldn't shake the fear her new surroundings brought up. She sat on the edge of her bed and studied the grain of the wood floor. Sorry, I know this is kind of scary. Kind of? Anna squealed before clamping a hand over her mouth as she remembered Vince's warning about noise. Relax, Anna. We can talk. We just have to keep it down. And yeah, you're right. It is scary. You don't have a psychopath trying to kill you! Anna couldn't keep the panic out of her voice. Scary was an understatement. Try terrifying. You're right. Susan got up, folding her arms across her chest, her confidence melting away. Look, I'm scared too, but I'm not going to lose you, no matter what. I'm glad I'm not in this alone, Anna smiled at her. 
It feels so empty here. So lonely. It's only strange because it's new. Susan waved the thought away. I've never been away from home before. Anna's throat tightened. I miss my mom and I'm scared. She pulled her legs up to her chest, curling herself tight in a ball, holding herself together. Susan sat down next to her, putting an arm around Anna's shoulders. It's going to be all right. You have me. You have Les and Evie and a whole platoon of Fenris agents to protect you. It'll work out. I hope so. Anna leaned into Susan. Her friend's familiar scent was comforting. I'm glad you're here, and... Anna bit her lip, finding the strength to say what had been on her mind. And I'm glad you're not treating me any different now that... You know. That you're a vampire? Susan looked serious for a second, but couldn't keep her face straight for long. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Your teasing is so comforting. So is your sarcasm. Seriously, though, it doesn't matter to me. Gay, straight, vampire, mermaid. Did you think things would be different between us? I was afraid they would be, yes. You have no idea how many fears crossed my mind. That's the danger of being in your head so much. I'm glad you told me, though. I want you to feel comfortable telling me stuff, no matter what. I've dumped a lot of junk on you lately, so if you want to vent about something, vent. Anna drew a blank. Now that she no longer had to censor herself, nothing came to mind. If I think of anything, I'll let you know. Aw, oh, come on. There's got to be something on your mind. I think there's too many things on my mind. That's the problem. Anna would have left it at that, but Susan sat still, waiting patiently for her to open up. Everything's so new and scary. I'm in a place I've never been, surrounded by people I don't know, waiting for something bad to happen. If I'm not a nervous wreck now, I will be soon. Well, you've got me, not to mention Les and Evie. Les is fine. The memory of his essence was soothing. He's like a brother. Cause I need another one of those like a hole in the head. Susan laughed. But I like him too. What about Evie? Icy blue eyes filled Anna's mind. She seems so cold, and yet she's not. I think she's a really warm person inside. Uh-huh. Susan drew out the last word, a stupid smirk crawling up her face. What? Anna pulled back, afraid she had said something revealing. Nothing. You just got this dreamy look on your face when you started talking about her. I did not. You don't have to deny it, you know. It's cool. She's pretty hot. She's also like a hundred years older than me. So you've thought about this. Susan leaned in, not letting Anna off the hook. Sue? Anna was only going to warn her once. Susan drew back, shrugging. You can keep denying it, but the only person you're fooling is yourself. Anna slumped forward. Instinct told her to hide and deny any feelings she had, especially in such a complicated situation. She was terrified of opening the Pandora's box that was her heart. She saved my life. I don't remember much of her from when I... when I turned, but... This afternoon in the car? Anna held her burning cheeks in her cool hands. She's always so gruff on the outside, but the way she looked at me when she was holding me, the way she offered her arm to me... She's a really big softie on the inside. I can tell. Wow, you got it bad. Shut up. Anna shoved Susan off the bed. Hey, no roughhousing in the dormitories. 
Susan scolded her, doing her best Vince impression. Anna clamped a hand over her mouth to stifle her laughter. You seem to be in pretty good spirits, considering your problems haven't gone away. Susan shrugged, looking more serious. It's not that I've forgotten, but there's comfort in knowing that it's going to be addressed. I don't know what's going to happen with me yet, but Les has talked to me about it. He seems confident I'll be held accountable somehow, but not in a lock-me-away type of solution. I don't know. I haven't been thinking about it much since your problem became the bigger one. My problem is more immediate, but I think both our problems are big. Let's not compete in that department. I think we'd both lose if that were the case. Right. Anna stood beside Susan, taking her hand in hers. Let's get through this together, one step at a time. That concludes Chapter 14. Runaway is currently available for you to listen to for free. I will release a new chapter every week until the book is finished. But if you can't wait to find out what happens, the ebook is available through Kobo and Amazon. Just search for Sabine Wilder or get a direct link from my website at sabinewilder.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to give me feedback, you can always email me at sabine at sabinewilder.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and help me grow. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant night.